Welcome to the Quantum Growth Podcast, empowering financial advisors to build practices for the 21st century by providing insights and interviews on leadership, strategy, and practice management. Now here is your host, Barron's Hall of Fame advisor, Jonathan Cutton. Thanks for joining another episode of Quantum Growth for Financial Advisors. It is your host, John Cutton. I hope everybody's having a great day. I know I am so far so good. Um, I am recording this in March and we're having an update on the market, which has been rare of late. So uh, so this is a good thing. By the time it airs, it might be April and uh, we'll uh, we'll see where we're at. So uh, with that being said, um, I wanted to you know take a moment to introduce our guest today. Uh, so interestingly enough, um, Paul McManus and I have not really met, but I've known who you are, Paul, for quite some time. Uh, Paul uh, has been a, a, a lifelong um, kind of supporter in helping advisors build their business in a multitude of different ways in the wealth management industry. And I followed your career and uh, I've been really intrigued by all the good work that you've done helping advisors grow. So, Paul, um, you know, today we're here to talk about um, really the short book formula, which I've got to share with you. Uh, is something that, uh, as I already shared uh, before we started here, that I want to write a book, and I think I'm going to engage you to write a book because it's something uh, I've said for a while, and you can help someone do it in six weeks uh, with this short book formula, which I am super excited to hear about. So, Paul, maybe you could just say a quick hello to the audience and just give a little background about you, kind of how you got where you were or where you are a little bit, and, uh, and what it is that you're working on today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on today's show. I appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to our conversation and specifically because you and I, for the most part, work with very similar people. And I think we're going to really, I think anyone listening to this conversation is going to get a lot of value from it. I got my start working with financial professionals, and I'll, I'll say why I use that word in a second, but financial professionals back in 2016. Prior to that, I, I had no tie to the industry. And at the time I was running a LinkedIn program, helping people learn LinkedIn to for business development, marketing, things of that nature. My first financial professional, he was a, a life insurance producer, found me in 2016. His name was Shane Walls. And long story short, over the course of two years, I helped him take his target premium from at the time $200,000 to over $2.5 million in the span of two years. Wow. He graciously credits me with 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 the success, and as you can imagine, from that his producer group, his the life insurance carriers, everyone they're like, "What is going on here? What is your secret?" He pointed the finger over at me, and that began my journey of working exclusively with financial professionals. In 2018, as part of that journey in 2018, I, I met up with a a gentleman who focuses on helping. Uh, CPAs that do advanced tax planning. And I've been working with him since 2018, really in two regards. One is simply to help him attract high-level CPAs to his business, which we've been doing since 2018. But then the second part is a lot of the CPAs that he works with, ultimately, like most of us, they're always looking for new opportunities, new business development. And so um, he, he's just since then he's referred a constant flow of CPAs to me that specialize in advanced tax planning with ultra high net worth individuals. 
and through a culmination of all that experience, I've, I've always helped my clients use LinkedIn as the primary source to, to drive new business opportunities. But in that process, I found that there was a, a, a pain point, if you will, there was a, a challenge, which is a, a tool like LinkedIn is fantastic as a database to be able to connect with people, but nobody wants to be sold to. And most advisors and most professionals are unfortunately seen as commodities. And so even though you have this magical tool that allows you to connect with virtually anyone that you target around the country, around the world, if you don't create a positioning for yourself that creates curiosity and magnetically attracts them from stranger to interested in who you are and how you can help them, then you're squandering this amazing opportunity. And so through my work, I also met, I also connected with another gentleman who in 2018, who I learned from, and he had written a, a book and it was a Forbes published book. And he used that for himself to attract his ideal high network clients. But he interestingly also turned that into a program for advisors and the advisors that he worked with would, would get into his program and they would start using his book and distribute that to different people. And so he involved me in working with his advisors to distribute his book. And, and that had its merits. That was definitely a, a, a step up from what I had been doing without the book on LinkedIn, because at least now there was a basis of forming trust. There was something that you can give and form trust and build that relationship. And I did that with him for about three years or so. Of course, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm always thinking of ways to innovate. What's wrong? How can I make this better? And I discovered a couple um, challenges in that approach as I was doing it, as, as good as it was, especially compared to before. Namely, <clears throat> the book was too long. And it wasn't, it wasn't super long, but it was long enough where the feedback I was getting from the advisors was that they would give out the book and their biggest challenge was two things. Either one, the prospect wouldn't read it. So then it, it's just an expensive giveaway that doesn't really do them any good. Or two, they didn't have enough people to give it to. And so they had this, you know, books piling up behind them and they didn't know what to do with them. And then they got outdated, et cetera, et cetera. So that got me to thinking, and that got me to launch my own boutique publishing company geared towards financial professionals, mainly financial advisors, life insurance producers, and high-end CPAs doing tax planning. And that's where the, the short book formula was created. And a couple of key principles, and I know we'll get we'll dive deeper, but the couple of key principles of it is that the book needs to be short enough. Well, the book needs to be done well enough where the the, the person who wrote it is heavily invested in the content, so it reflects your values, it reflects your experience, it reflects the conversations that you ultimately want to have with your prospects. And so it's not just a marketing tool, but it becomes a sales tool, um, both. And then the book needs to be short enough where your prospect, your ideal prospect will actually, imagine this, take the time to read the book hmm. as part of the sales process. Because when you can get them to do that, and you know, if, if it's five hours, that's not a reasonable request, but if it's one hour or less and the person is genuinely interested and has a problem that they're looking to solve, that's a very reasonable request. And the funny thing is, is that when your prospect does that and then you meet with them, guess what? Sales conversation is very simple. Usually I just start it with, and I tell people it's simply, how can I help? Because they already know enough about you and how you help people similar to them that they have a bunch of questions and they're just ready to logistically see if you can help them and all those different things, but it really removes a lot of the 
need to quote unquote sell from the ironically sales conversation because now it's really a true needs discovery conversation. I'm gonna stop there. I think I answered your question. I probably went on beyond that, but I'll turn it back to you. <laughs> no, no, amazing. And um, you know what? Uh, not your first rodeo uh, in speaking. So you you, you did uh, hit a bunch of things, but I wanna go deeper and I'll, I'll just share as you're talking. Um, you know, I love, I love to just share a story sometimes. So li literally yesterday, right? Because of this podcast that you're on today, um, I met an advisor uh, who happens to be at my broker dealer actually. And, um, he had reached out to someone on my team and wanted to meet me and he came in and, um, was thinking about joining our team. And, uh, I started the meeting by going, uh, let me take a minute and tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, and he said, Hey, John, before you do that, uh, I've actually consumed about 40 hours of your quantum growth for financial advisor podcast, true story. Uh, and I know everything and I want to come join your organization because um, he literally used my words back to me. And he said, I'm a plate spinner, <laughs> just like Paul Latham, who's the person who I give credit for about plate spinning. Uh, actually, you know, as you talk about, and I don't want to spin plates anymore and you figured it out and you've got all these resources. So I just want to join you. And I just want to talk about how we do that uh, and how we move forward. And, you know, you know, we're both laughing about it. And like true story just happened yesterday. And I've had tons of experiences in that. And what's really interesting is, um, and this isn't a knock at podcasting, because I think podcasting is amazing. But as you were talking, I'm thinking about it going, man, it's a lot of work to do a podcast. Like it's, you know, 45 minutes a week. It is, you know, thinking about what you're going to talk about. It's getting guests. It's, uh, you know, editing it, et cetera. A book lives forever. I mean, a podcast lives forever, but you can't just do one um, and build a following where I can see where a book gives you that same level of credibility, um, right? And I can see all of the, the pieces, like, I think it's probably similar to a podcast, like, the biggest way I get referrals or my firm gets referrals would be, hey, could you share the podcast with some friends? I'm sure the book we'll talk about is the same. Could you give it out to some family and colleagues, et cetera? So really, uh, really intriguing. And I just want to comment on a few of the other things that you had said. Um, you know, my business partner, Jake Dunlap, has this great thing. He calls it the triple E's, right? Which I've probably talked about on the podcast, which are your education, right? Your experience and your environment. And like a true entrepreneur, it sounds like what you've done is you grew up in the kind of marketing LinkedIn space and then kind of stumbled your way to the financial services space. And then you stumbled your way to somebody who wrote a book and you're, you know, you just kind of put all that together and you see the need and you go, okay, well, book and LinkedIn together. And, and so I, so I kind of get what you're saying. Um, and I'll tell you what, what I'd like to do today is dig a little deeper um, into the book concept. If time sure. permits, maybe we can go into the LinkedIn piece. If not, if you're okay, maybe we do a part two and we dig a little deeper into LinkedIn, if that would be something that you would be open to. That'd be perfect. Okay, great. So, you know, what I, what I would ask is just kind of tell me, so I get the big picture concept. Um, maybe we could talk just a little bit as I think about it thematically. So how does it work? So I'm an advisor. Um, and I want to, I want to write a book. I think it's a great idea. Um, you know, so on, et cetera. Tell me what happens do, do you, do I meet with you? Do you have a team? Like, what does that process look like? Yeah. Great question. Before I go there, 
I, I feel compelled to give some feedback to what you just said because I can so relate to your story. And interestingly, part of what I was looking at doing a few, maybe three or four years back was a done for you podcast for all the reasons that you just said. And what I, and for myself, what I discovered, it wasn't the best business fit for me as a done for you podcast, simply because many of my clients didn't necessarily want to invest the time or energy in doing a podcast. And you can imagine if you, if you generally have a passion for it and you're interested in people, it can be a perfect thing to do. And I, and I, and I have my own podcast for the, for those reasons. And for someone who simply is looking for marketing and effective marketing to create those benefits that you describe without having to commit to something over time, I discovered that a lot of the tools and resources that I learned by doing a Done For Your podcast were completely applicable to helping people write their own short books. So it was a transfer of knowledge in that sense. Additionally, I love, and, and this is just a little bit of inside, but to go to your point is that to me, the most effective ways to attract the right people and influence them essentially come down to three things. I've worked, you've worked with a lot of people, I've worked with a lot of people. And if you look at the through line technology changes, but it's essentially three things. It's referrals. And of course for the referrals, everyone loves referrals, but the problem is that we don't get enough of them. So we need to go beyond that or figure out ways to get more referrals. But referrals are gonna always be a great way to get clients. Secondly, it's speaking. And a podcast is a form of speaking, whether you're a host or you're a guest. And then the third, I would argue, is authorship. And authorship stands, is it's unique in the sense from other writing, and I differentiate it from other writing, because if I tell you, hey, I just wrote a white paper, do I have any additional status? No, I wrote, I wrote a LinkedIn blog post. Okay, great. But there's something magical when you tell someone, I wrote a book, they're suddenly they see you differently. Whether it's deserved or not, they suddenly see you differently. Oh, yeah. You have an instant elevation of status that has been, I think, psychologically created over the past couple thousand years because so few people actually write a book. A lot of people, as you said, have a, have a it's on their bucket list. It's something I should do, I want to do. I don't know how to do it, but it's something that a lot of people aspire to do, but end up not doing. But when you can match, once you know that referral speaking and authorship is to me the magic formula, and you can synergistically put those together, that's where your results can synergistically and exponentially increase. So that was a little bit of a, a rant. Apologize, let me go and answer your specific question. Yeah, and no, no need to apologize. It was a, it was a good, effective rant, by the way. So I like that. It okay, was, uh, cool. Our listeners will like that too. So and com and completely agree, right? It's kind of that surround sound, also. Um, but I, I, I get it. It's the credibility of saying, "Hey, I've, I've got a book." Like, who writes a book? Important people write books. So totally, uh, totally get it. Hey, Quantum Growth for Financial Advisor listeners. One ask of all of you, as you know, we do these simply 
to help all of you grow your businesses and grow your practices, become better leaders, better advisors, more valuable to your community. Share this with a friend, give us five stars, make a comment. Uh, we'd love to get more and more listeners. The world of abundance is out there, so don't be shy to share it with other financial advisors in the industry. Thank you, as always. So, and, and the questions just remind me, it was specifically, what is the formula? What is the short book formula to write? Yeah, to write yeah the question book? was really- How do I work with clients? Yeah, the question was, so I, I would like to write a book. Um, I really don't know where to start. And yep. how do how do you or your organization actually help me as an advisor or a CPA or whoever it may be actually execute in six weeks or so of actually being able to put together a short book that's high level and something I would be proud of? Yeah, 100%. And, and the key thing is something that you're proud of. Because I, I think there's two extremes. There's the extreme that makes you think that you have to write a two, three, 400, 500 page war and peace volume of everything that you know. And that's just too daunting one for you to do. And of course, if you do write that, no one's gonna really read it except your mom and your dad potentially. And then there's the other extreme where it's like, okay, I need a book. I'm just gonna go to Fiverr or, or Upwork or somewhere and just tell them, okay, go write me a book. And okay, now I'm an author. And invariably when you get it back, it's it's not very good. And it's like, I, I can't put that on, I can't put that under the world. So I think a lot of advisors are stuck with those two extremes. The short book formula is built around a few principles and I'll, I'll share some of those, but you can imagine the first one is to keep it short. And for us, that is roughly 10 to 12,000 words. When, when you format it as we do in a physical book, it comes out to roughly 100 pages. It's designed for someone to read intentionally within one hour or less. A um, couple historical examples, books that you may have heard of, Sun Tzu, The Art of War, under 100 pages, Machiavelli, The Prince, under 100 pages, mm. and interestingly enough, the history of, of why Machiavelli wrote The Prince was that he lost his position in the, the floor, I think it was, it was the Florentine government, and he wrote it as a sales letter in disguise to the new Medici family to get his job back. And so that's exactly <laughs> what we're doing. The short books are sales letters in disguise, but there's some great historical precedent. A side benefit of keeping it short, and if it's impactful, is that, have you ever heard of the book Go For No? It's a, it's a great sales. It's a great I have sales. actually, yes. Yeah, yep. yeah. So, you know, it, it's one that probably a lot of us have heard of. And interestingly, I've read it probably three or four times throughout the years because it's a great mindset book. I know I can read it in an hour or less. Mm -hmm. And it's a great reminder of the mindset that I should have when I'm doing my business. So by keeping it short and impactful, you get the person to read it and potentially read it more and more because you can really influence people over time. The other benefit I would say of our formula is that in terms of publishing, we help advisors write the book and then we help them publish it to Amazon. Okay. And in doing so, Amazon is, I mean, we all know Amazon's revolutionary, but it's revolutionary in this sense is that when you do that, you can upload it there. And if you have someone that you're meeting with, you can literally send the book to them hmm. for roughly $3.50 print on demand, shipping included through Prime. 
and I, I think I think we did this. And so once once yeah. we scheduled the podcast, I immediately oh, yeah. wanted to get a copy of my book in your hand. So I, I invested a whopping three dollars and fifty cents to make that happen. I'm looking for it. I have it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, but I don't remember which drawer I put it in. So yeah, I'll, no, find no. It, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, no. But, but that goes to my second point, which is why I love books so much, is that they essentially replaced business cards and brochures because mm -hmm. if someone gives you a business card or brochure, you know, what, what happens to it? And oftentimes, unfortunately, you may not be able to see this, but I'm holding up my trash can. Yep. You oftentimes go in there. Whereas a short book, whether or not you read it right away, it goes into a drawer. It gets saved. You know, people have a tendency not to throw them away. So um, I could go on and on and on about the benefits of it, but I want to answer your specific question, which is what is the process? So as you alluded to before, I've kind of stumbled my way forward just as I engage people and I see opportunities and really I see problems and opportunities in the marketplace to help people um, be more effective in what they do. And what I realized, so, so my ideal clients are financial professionals, they include financial advisors, CPAs, life insurance producers. And what I realized is that most of them are not writers. Some of them are. Most of them, even if they are, they don't have the time, but most of them just aren't writers. They're good at talking. They're good at stories. They're good at persuasion. They have a, you know, 50 different examples of clients that they've helped and they've made a meaningful difference in. And so knowing that I tap into that, really that asset, and over six weeks, we meet once a week on Zoom live with me. And so it's me and the client. And I have a very structured process to ask them questions. To we, we start by getting very clear on what is the purpose of the book. And we get clarity. And I provide coaching around that. Uh, case in point, a recent client of mine, um, he works for a data, uh, data analytics company that sells ESG data. And initially his first thought was, I'm gonna do a book all about ESG. Mm -hmm. And through our conversation, we realized, well, you're actually, at the end of the day, you wanna sell services for your company, which is selling data, ESG data. So let's, we carved out uh, and it became the ESG data revolution. Interestingly enough, there weren't a lot of people writing about ESG data. And so right. it immediately created almost a niche for him. His book shot up to number one in Amazon without even us really you know, trying to make that happen and just naturally happen. Right. Um, but anyways, clarity is king. Why am I writing the book? What are the service and products I want this to tie back to so that by the time the person gets through the book, it seamlessly makes them want to reach out to me and talk to me and invest in my services. So over the course of six weeks, we meet once a week on Zoom. I ask very structured questions that draw the best out of you, whatever that is. So it's not, you know, it, it's your values, your philosophy, your client stories, your goals. And then we do, I would say the heavy lifting, which is between sessions, we take what you said and we create the first draft. So you don't have to write anything in a sense. We can do the heavy lifting for you. We write that, we give it back to you. And then what we have you do is we have you edit this, that draft. And so at the end of the day, there's gonna be possibly a little bit of a disconnect, not much because we're really literally taking your words Sure. But you have the ability then to fine tune it, change anything, add stories, whatever's most important for you. But that process is pretty simple because now you're working from essentially something that's 95% done. And over the course of six weeks, we do all the things that get involved in a book. We um, help you decide an impactful title and the title is always really important. Um, we get professionally designed. We create the manuscript. We do the typesetting. 
Um, sometimes, depending on the client, we encourage them to engage their existing clients. So for example, I was just working with someone, a CPA, and he wrote a book for real estate professionals, and he has like 50 to 100 existing clients and past clients. I'm like, tell them right sure. during the six weeks that you're writing a book because people support a world they help build and ask some of them, hey, would you be willing to give me, um, would you be willing to read it once it's ready and give me some praise? And then, you know, the forward, who's someone influential that can give a forward. Sure. And if you go through that process, I mean, you can reap the, the, I mean, you can get new clients just through the process of writing it. Right. <laughs> Amazing. Love it. Um, I'm going to become a client of yours, Paul, because six weeks, <laughs> uh, you know, you, you know who Dan Sullivan is, right? Strategic. Uh, of course. Coach. Yeah. Right. So the whole who, not how concept is you're the who. I mean, that's really what it sounds like is I don't need to know how to write a book. I've got you who knows how to write a book. I can speak. I can tell you my story and you can extract those things out of me. And, and uh, I, you know, I did read the book that you had sent. And like you said, it, it was probably 45 minutes, honestly, to read it. Um, and it was great. And it was to the point. And I kind of got the gist of it as I was reading it, how impactful it could be about your own business, basically, uh, which is uh, quite cool. Yeah. And if I can ask you, so, cause, cause that, you know, that, that's a strategy, whether it's being on a podcast or working with a potential client is that you want to get the book in someone's hands in advance so that if they're really interested in the subject matter, they do take the time to read it. And I just, I can't resist asking the question, you know, how did, how did getting the book before we actually met, like we're doing now impact your thinking coming into this podcast? Well, and the reason I ask, as you, as you know, is that I want, I want the person listening to this to think about that and how that can impact their yeah, future. Yeah, no, completely right. get it. Well, I'll, I'll answer your question with a question. How about that? <laughs> what, what did I, I say it. to you before we recorded the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> what did I ask you? So I, and, you know, and I, and what I asked Paul was, hey, let's keep this to about 35 minutes or so, because I'd like to spend the next 15 minutes talking about uh, you may be writing a couple of books for me on different streams. So it was effective and it helped me understand more about what what you do and kind of yeah. what, what would be in it for me, to be honest, is, is what I took away from it. Yeah, definitely. Was that your intent, by the way, in writing the book? <laughs> um, well, it's my intent broadly. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, at the very, I mean, it wasn't specific to... I mean, I, I knew that you could be an ideal client, but it wasn't like, that's the reason right. I want to be on the podcast per se, right. um, but it just no, has no. that impact. And I don't even need to bring it up as a, as a, as a conversation. If, if the person sees the opportunity, they naturally ask you about it. So, exactly. so, well, that, so that's so, what I meant. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. And I, I needed <laughs> no, to know. Yeah. I needed yeah, no, to and, know. And it. That's always my intent. I mean, I mean, right. that's, that's, that's universally my intent, right? If someone can benefit from my expertise, I don't need to try to sell them per se because they they sell themselves if they are interested and have a problem themselves and that's and that's really what i want for my clients is to be able to manifest and to achieve the same thing where they're not having to chase people because that goes back to the idea of authority marketing um, that i know we we're talking about is that the, the benefits of authority marketing is that people come to you and why authority marketing and there's different reasons but i think one of the challenges that we all have and, and you've demonstrated this and do this through your podcast is that the biggest challenge aside from educating people is trust people are naturally skeptical what are you trying to sell me who are you people are seen as commodities and when you're able to stand out from the crowd in a way that your ideal clients um 
becomes visible to them and they're naturally interested and you do it in a skillful way, then they naturally are attracted to you. I mean, that's that's the whole notion of magnet of magnetic marketing, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, as they say, right, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, yeah. right? So totally, uh, totally agree. And is that are are most of the books that you help advisors and CPAs write, um, are they pretty Nietzsche, meaning is it kind of like, hey, you know, I've heard the term an avatar, right? Like, so, you know, your ideal client is a high net worth business owner or a, you know, retired doctor, or um, is it more general where I work with pre-retirees or accumulators? Um, maybe you could just talk a little bit about, um, do you find that generally you know, having more of a kind of specific avatar or niche is um, more effective? Excellent question. <clears throat> I find that it really depends on a couple of things. A lot of people, when I first start working with them, and they haven't given this a lot of thought, as an, as an advisor, you can imagine what the response is. Well, I want someone who has a high net worth and a high income. Sure. And, you know, yes, <laughs> great. Many, we all do, lots, right? lots of those, please. Yes. <laughs> great. But now you're competing with everybody. And so the more you can stand out and be noticed is, the, is, is really the question. And that can be one of two things. That can be the who, which is, say, for example, CPA. So, so, so I think, so, so, you know, as an example, if you're someone if you're if, if you're someone who wants to target CPAs, then of course you want a book who is geared towards CPAs, and all the language and examples and stories and pain points and desires should be captured in that. So CPAs are going to see that and want to learn more and hopefully be influenced by it. By the same token, if you have a real powerful hook, you can get away with being maybe a little bit more broad. So I have another client. I helped him write a book called the tax-free business owner. And I actually, I think I have it right here. So I don't know if you can see it, but the tax-free business owner, how business owners can use the tax code to legally pay zero taxes. And I was a little bit cautious going into it because my, my thinking to your point had always been, well, business owner, that's kind of broad. And, you know, how do you really do that? But the hook is so powerful that he is using this book with me through our LinkedIn services. He's hired a company to market it on Facebook and all the other social media because the hook is so strong, regardless of your specific industry or niche. If you're a business owner and your pain point is paying too much taxes and you see that, curiosity is going to drive you to say, okay, I need to know more about that. Um, and so the, the, I guess the short answer is it depends. The other part of the answer to that question is what I don't recommend is, you know, if, if, if you start with high income and, and high, high, high income and high net worth, but you hate the people that you're dealing with, that's not a good fit, right? So sometimes, for example, attorneys are pretty abundant on LinkedIn and pretty easy to target. But if you do, but the feedback I get from a lot of people is, I don't like attorneys. Right, right, of course, <laughs> that's, yes. Yeah. That's not the right niche for you. Same sure. thing like engineers. You know, engineers are, you know, pretty high net worth, high income, um, yeah. but I don't like dealing with engineers or I love dealing with engineers. And so, you know, right. the more you can match up your passions, your personality, your background to that market. And as you know, obviously you create more affinity with them. 
-hmm. you're able to more naturally you're 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 you 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 enjoy working with them you have more stories you you know you show up and they get that you're one of them even if you're not technically one of them so love it yeah no so makes sense and so I, I you know i guess the the avatar is something that you help the advisor think through as well once you learn about his or her kind of you know skill set and the type of clients that they work with and uh, and that kind of thing i i do a lot of podcast listening about marketing and things along those lines and you know one of the things uh i i heard someone say which i thought was really interesting i don't remember who it was or i'd give them credit so whoever i'm stealing this from i apologize in advance but they were saying, hey, go go look at your book of business, right? Look at your 10 most profitable clients and your 10 favorite clients, right? And if seven of them are the same people or three of them, figure out who they are and there's probably a level of commonality and yeah. that's a place to think about, well, how can I resonate more with that particular type of client, which I thought was kind of neat way to think about it. I think that's awesome. I love that. I, I, I totally agree with that. And I call it duplication, um, which is if you know who your best clients are, your most profitable clients are really now it's how do I duplicate them? Yeah, so totally agree. So that's awesome. So um, thanks for walking us through the process. So it's really kind of six meetings. You're kind of putting together a draft. You're getting back with that advisor. Are those six meetings a couple hours long or how, how, roughly it, does it depend yeah no it, it, it it's very it's all very concise so the, it, they're all one hour long okay um, sometimes we are able to do the book before the six meetings are even up wow um sometimes we we start by the assumption that we're taking responsibility for writing the first draft about clients who get into it because i intentionally space them out by by a week because it, it's really a journey. So people come to me for, for a specific output. I want a book. And, mm -hmm. and I get that. But almost to everybody I work with, the ancillary benefits of the process are immense. They get enormous clarity about their business, their strategy, their positioning, their overall marketing, who they want to work with, mm -hmm. who they don't want to work with. There's so many breakthroughs during that. And so I intentionally spaced it out so that they have the opportunity to have those breakthroughs. And of course, one of the things that, you know, I want to create an environment for is for ideas to percolate. Because if I just ask someone, okay, give me three stories about clients, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. Right. But if that's based over a week and say, okay, next week, you know, based on, you know, the structure, we're going to talk about X, Y, and Z. And the assignment really is just to think about this, you know, what do you bring to the table? What are your thoughts on this, your philosophy? What are some stories you can tell us? And we'll capture that during the meeting. But what I really want them to do is to let those ideas percolate. Um, if they have time and they want to engage with their clients in the process, they can just ask questions. Um, but it's transformative. I mean, by the end of it, what tends to happen is that someone, if they don't have a super well-defined brand, they end up with not just a book, but a very clear direction about where they're, they want their business to go. And the amazing thing about the book is that it becomes almost your, your brand in a box or your brand in a book where... You can now, if you want, update your website. You can now create a marketing strategy around LinkedIn or Facebook or you know email copy, newsletters, all these different things. But it's all set up in the work that goes into creating that book. Yep, I love it. I love it. Um, such a cool idea and something truly that I haven't know, known where to go. I mean, it's something that probably for 10 years, I've been thinking, man, I should write a book. You know, And I've had people say, you should write a book. 
And the last thing that I actually want to do, Paul, is sit down and write a book because I'm not, it's just not my thing. Um, but having a who to do, it is super interesting. So um, are you okay with doing a part two in this over the next Oh, 100%. Yeah, okay. no, I, I, I'm loving the conversation. Yeah, so I, so am I, and um, I want to go into a little bit. I feel like we got through in our kind of a lot of time here, um, you know, really the kind of the thought process, the big picture of the why, and then a little bit of the how and how you help to support that. Um, I think on the next session, I'd like to maybe focus a little bit on, well, now that it's produced and we're happy with it and it's a great book, well, well, now what? What do you do to actually monetize, right, the investment of time and energy and I assume some uh, investment of money uh, to, you're not doing this for charity, are you? It's not, not charity? No. Uh, well, you know, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to double check. Although, um, you know, I, I don't get into pricing until someone takes the time to schedule me, but I can tell you this, that um, if you've ever explored working with a company to market a book, um, what we end up charging is significantly less. And I think equally, if not more impactful, um, especially for financial professionals. So okay. yeah, it, no. and the return on investment is almost immediate because sure. you don't have to, you know, marketing it or advertising it becomes, you know, it can be the next step, but just in terms of your existing client base and referrals, people tend to make their money back before they're even done many times. Sure. No, love it. And uh, yeah, and I was part teasing there, but yeah, yeah no, I, I don't. on investment is I'm an author. I got a book. Are you kidding me? Uh, that's amazing. So Paul, just um, we'll, if I can, if our listeners, and we're going to do a part two and uh, I'll have uh, Joe uh, who helps uh, run all this, who our listeners have met, we'll kind of run them consecutively. So, uh, you know, our listeners won't need to wait too long for the, the second episode to come out as well. Um, but where do where do folks find you uh, today if they're already like interested enough to kind of explore more and learn more about how to engage you in this process? Yeah, I'll, I'll give a, I'll give a couple of very short answers. One, the most easy web, the easiest website to remember is more clients, more fun, more clients, more fun.com. Catchy. Second place is LinkedIn. My, and just make sure you use my middle initials. So Paul G. McManus. And then third, if you Google me, you're like, who is this guy? Make sure you use my middle initial G because if you just do Paul McManus, you'll see that I'm a, a, an ax murderer out of Ireland. And, that, and I assure you that's, that's not who I am. And so I learned a lesson branding by adding G. You'll get okay. a whole page uh, of who I am. <laughs> yes, ax murderer, book writer, no good. Yeah, that's, you know, not, you know, that's not what we want. In, 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 well, in, you know, in, in jail, there's a lot of free time and so. Yes. <laughs> hey, Paul, it was very, very nice to spend some time together. Um, I love what you're doing here. And, um, you know, I think for me, it's the, like I said before, sometimes when the teacher's ready, the student arrives. Um, I think this student might be ready. So um, as we kind of close out our podcast, I'm looking forward to spending a couple of minutes with you talking uh, in more detail. So sincerely, thanks for being a guest today. Uh, we will do part two on how to not only write this book, but how to actually monetize it and turn them to clients and insurance and assets under management or billing if you're a CPA, uh, so on, et cetera. So with that, to our listeners, uh, thanks for listening to another episode of Quantum Growth for Financial Advisors. If you yourself or anyone you know could be a good, interesting guest, please don't keep us a secret. Uh, shoot us a note and we'll see if we can get you or that special someone on. So. Thanks for listening and make it a great day. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find the episode show notes and subscribe for updates by visiting cuttonconsultinggroup.com forward slash podcast. Make sure to subscribe and download the episodes on your favorite podcast app, and we'll see you next week.